Hello, and welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I do hope you're enjoying the interviews I've been sharing. The focus of this podcast is on the interesting and creative people of Austin, Texas. As always, my intention is to have meaningful and in-depth conversations that I hope will be of value to you, the listener. They certainly are to me. I really love doing these interviews, and hopefully we can all figure out together how to better connect and support our local art communities and create opportunities and success for ourselves through conversations like these. You might have noticed, unlike many other podcasts, this one has no sponsors. For me, it's a passion project that I create and produce 100% on my own every week. Please consider helping to support me and my continued efforts by becoming a patron of mine. Go to austinarttalk.com and click on the support tab to learn more. And if you really love an episode and have a feeling it might benefit someone else, please share it with them. It might be exactly what they need to hear. Thanks to those who follow and interact with me on Instagram, at Austin Art Talk. That is by far my favorite social media platform. I post daily about local art events and try to support and share the work of previous podcast guests, along with other interesting people, art, and podcasts that I find which you might enjoy. On to the rest of the show. Karen Offit is a figurative realist painter and one of the founders of Austin's own Atelier Dojo, a professional arts academy offering classes, workshops with visiting artists, open studio sessions, and a new intensive study program starting next year. After growing up with a love of drawing and art, it took Karen quite a lot of searching to find the instruction and community she desired. After many years of serious study, which eventually led to teaching others painting, she has made a respected name for herself in the realism community and also through the growth and reputation of the school she started with fellow painters Jennifer Balkan and Denise Fulton. We talk in depth about her practice, about the school, and what she has learned in all of her other different roles, including motherhood, and how her work continues to evolve. Here is Karen. Karen, thanks for being on my podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I mean, I, I think the first time I ever met you was during East, and I came to your studio at your house. I don't, you might not West. remember this. Oh, West. Yes. Yeah, because you don't probably live East. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm on the West side. <laughs> yeah, that's... Right. Uh, yeah, so it was during West, and uh-huh. I came to your studio, and I just... I love the style of painting that you do. Oh, the realism, you. the portraiture, the figurative work, like that... I feel like I've always been drawn to that. John Singer Sargent's one of my favorite painters mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't know why. I'm just naturally drawn to that kind of work. So when I came into your studio, I was just like, ah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, wow. <laughs> it so was flattered. really cool. Um, so, yeah. How do you describe the type of painting that you do? Like, are there definite terms? Uh, or gosh. Is, there a, is that annoying? It's No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's, um, it's just figurative realism really i i just paint nouns yeah okay <laughs> and so i'll paint you know landscapes still lives figures i'm really drawn to people so yeah but um yeah i mean it's really hard to it's just representational painting yeah. and um it's not as tight and photorealistic you know, I, I really like kind of the loose quality of the brushwork. My goal's always been to make a painting breathe hmm. with, re, you know, realism. But when you get up to it, you can really see the brush quality. That's what I've always been drawn to when I look at work. Yeah. That's been my obsession since I was very young. Yeah. 
I think that's what always impressed me so much about Sargent's work is just the simplicity. I guess the kind of the, the idea that I got mm-hmm. from studying his work was just like less is more. You know, yes. it's like how what little amount of paint can you put down? What little mark, the simplest mark to to have the biggest suggestion of yeah. something? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with that. I mean, with the smallest amount of brushwork, you can make the biggest impact. And it reads. So to me, that that creates an atmosphere as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm constantly working on that and playing yeah. with ideas. And, you know, sometimes I go looser. Sometimes I kind of reel it in and, you know, get a little tighter on certain mm. areas. And I just love that. I love that play. You know, your eye moves into the piece and... You know, you have the real tight notes in it, and then you have this kind of really open atmosphere, loose atmosphere. So, yeah, and texture. I mean, playing with textures, it's constantly evolving. I feel like a a big part of your paintings are also very abstract. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think the whole thing could almost be seen as abstract in a way, but Mm -hmm. I mean, and I've always loved abstract painting too, but I mean, especially the backgrounds, it's just like a a suggestion. Mm Mm-hmm of something and you don't even have to see that any detail to kind right. of have a sense of what it is right i mean it how, doesn't have to be spelled out yeah every single portion of the piece you know I, I i kind of think about it this way when you have that memory of seeing something that just was so impactful you can't recall every detail but it was just the moment it was the atmosphere it was the color it was you know those points of interest I wonder if you could relate that to a quote that I heard recently where they were saying someone was talking about memory mm-hmm. uh, that you have with people. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that, you know, maybe this is a famous quote. I don't know who said it, but it's like, you're not going to remember what someone said or did, but you're going to remember how they made you feel. Exactly. I wonder if you could relate that to a painting in yeah, the same way. Exactly. Of a exactly. Well, you can't. You can't. Even when you look at a painting, you can't count all the brush strokes, nobody can. But how that visually made you feel, you know, how how did that impact you? Mm. And what, sometimes we'll paint things with a certain intention, all of us artists, uh, or create things. But the viewer, someone else will come and see something else in it that Mm. was unexpected and have an emotional moment. And you're like, wow, I love hearing that. Yeah. So, yeah. It just makes me think of all the layers to it. You have, let's say you're painting from life in your studio and you have a person there. There's the layer of that person and their entire life and all their experiences mm-hmm. that are there present in front of you. And mm-hmm. then there's the choices of what they wear. And then you create yeah. a space with the background. And then you're mm-hmm. bringing to it where you are in your life that yeah. moment and the things that you want to express. And yeah. you're connecting that to how that person's expressing. And then there's like every single brush stroke that you make. And then there's the person that sees it that might walk up to it and start crying yeah. or something. I yeah. mean, it's like really amazing. Yeah. And I've actually, <laughs> I had a painting that I did called Fading and it was um, a big, like a 30 by 30 and it was on this board and the composition wasn't working out. So I took it in the backyard and I sanded it down a Mm. little bit just to kind of get a a little bit of a flatter (laughs) board to then reconstruct it. Okay. And so what was interesting is the texture of the sanding alone. I left some of that alone in the final outcome Mm -hmm. because it created this interesting atmosphere and 
you could see all the layers. And um, I had it in a show at the Southwest Art Gallery in Dallas mm-hmm. um, for the Oil Painters of America show. And this one woman stood in front of it and was just staring at it. And she's like, oh, my God, this completely moved me. Mm. I totally connect with this. And sometimes, you know, it's like, well, I, I, I didn't go there because it wasn't my story that connected with it. But it's amazing how mm-hmm. everybody comes from a different place. And, and so they'll see something in it that you don't even see. So it's really interesting. And also talking about when I hire models and I create the stage I create, you know, I, I even create some of the outfits. Um, you know, I got tons of props and such. And what's interesting is that, you know, visually, I'm seeing it as a visual language. And I want to piece this together. And then sometimes I don't realize until I'm done with it, how my emotions in, were interpreted in mm. to the piece. So it's yeah. really weird and exciting. Because sometimes you think, oh, I just like to paint it because I like that composition, but really it read deeper Mm. into it, into the psyche and like, oh my God, that's, I'm kind of freaked out. (laughs) I didn't realize that that's really me in that painting. Yeah. Can you, you, can you get more specific about a moment like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did this painting, I guess it was, uh, last year and it was with a local artist, Megan, Morongova. Yeah. And she's one of my this amazing portrait series. Yeah, portrait series. She yeah, I've done a lot of paintings of her. And so and different paintings of her and different hair colors, hairstyles, which it's really kind of funny. But um anyway, I did this painting. I got this fabric from Sweden when I went to go visit my family. And it was just like this print of like f- classical florist painting, but printed, overlaid on each other. So it was kind of a mishmash of just florals. And I loved it. And I saw a huge challenge. And it was a huge challenge to paint that. But um, so I had her pose. And I had this black fur coat that I got at the citywide garage sale. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I like all these elements. And so um, I had it. And I was then... After I, I think I, after I'd done that painting, I was invited to be a part of this show at an Arte Gallery through Poets Artists, curated by Stephen Deleuze, um, the Human Condition mm-hmm. show. It was all about, you know, the kind of human psyche and and how do we connect to our paintings and such. And and I thought, oh my God, what am I going to paint for it? I don't know. And then we had to bring our personal story to it. And I thought, oh my God, this is the perfect kind of, I mean, the painting was perfect for it because um, I called it Wallflower. And, you know, being a woman and, you know, growing up and you just feel kind of like you're not really standing out or anything. Mm. And you, so, you know, she is in the fur coat kind of covering herself, looking away, but she's surrounded by all these flowers. So it's kind of an interesting take on words. But um, I thought, oh, my God, this is totally how I feel Hmm. about, you know, like my own personal thing, you know, everybody's got their personal thing. But I thought this is a good example. I didn't realize it until afterwards, you know, until after I painted it. So it was cool. It was really, it was really interesting. And I've had a lot, I've, I've had things like that happen where I'm like, why did I paint that? And then I realize where I was going, what am I doing? 
And sometimes it's just for the joy of wanting to paint, and it's as simple as that. Yeah. And you find something really intriguing. It's edge. not always a mirror of yourself. No, <laughs> no. But um, but it is, and you do get that, have that relationship with the models where they are representing your vision. They are there to assist in your vision. And so it's really, it's really nice to have that kind of interchange. Yeah. yeah. And so you're saying throughout your life, you've felt a little bit like a wallflower. That's your yeah. saying, even to this day. Oh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think about it, but you yeah. know, it does. It, I mean, there's always those par- parts of you that don't really, they're always there. Yeah. And they raise their ugly head every now and then. And you're okay. like, oh, okay, I'll paint it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, so it's whatever. a way to process. It's probably, oh, yeah. let me tell you, that's something about art is, and I'm not going to exclude any other career choice, but you don't turn it off. I mean, you go home, well, I work from home, so <laughs> I'm yeah. always there, but it doesn't end. You know, the the process doesn't end. It's not like you turn off when you go home. Yeah. Because you're always thinking. You're always coming up, you know, you might see something in your backyard and think, oh, ooh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like something I should kind of explore. So, there's mm-hmm. always something. My kids, you know, I paint my kids. I've painted my husband from time to time, painted friends. It's like you're always on the lookout. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way it, being a photographer, too. Yeah. I'm like constantly looking. Yeah. You're like, oh my, you, you know, aren't those times that you see something, you're like, God, if I only had my camera. Yeah. This is amazing. Can I pull over on 35 on the accent? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the shoulder. This is amazing right here. Or you sometimes know? you just feel like. There's no way I could ever capture this moment with a camera, too. Right. And you just have to hope you'll yeah. remember it. <laughs> I know. I know. And, it, you know, I mean, in some ways, like landscape painting, for example, if you're doing that on site, it mm. really is a way to just be there mm. and really observe every single thing, every single nuance of color and, and you know, how does it shift? And you have to get it down because the light shifts constantly. So you have to be really, really fast <laughs> to get it down. Yeah, I feel like whenever I've fantasized about being able to draw or paint well mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like I could capture something, capture a mm-hmm. scene, like I, I do fantasize about just maybe being a plain air painter or traveling. I, I had this fantasy for a long time where i would just travel and paint on postcards and send them to people or something you know yeah i, mean, I could do it but yeah. i just like i have not yet in my life put in the work to get good enough to be able to represent something in a way that i feel like someone could tell what it was but i just yeah i just feel like i just wonder how that feels like it's like anything that you look at uh-huh. you probably could paint yeah fairly well right yeah. i mean what is it? it almost seems like a superpower to me well it's years and years and years of just being obsessed with it and yeah. training and and um it's like you're chasing that moment hmm. how do i reduce all that and that you know and that's also with the loose brush strokes you know you're chasing that that atmosphere so when you're painting from a live model or going especially going out in the landscape, you have to get that essential information down as abstract as you want. All the colors have to be layered in. And you may take photographs and then paint from photos from that sketch. And then, you know, trying to capture as much as you can of that light 
especially on a clear day, it's fine. But think about, you know, when when you have those crazy storms coming in and it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. the drama. <laughs> yeah. And how do you capture that? <laughs> yeah. I also, I wonder what it's like just to, I mean, I feel like you're very well respected for what you do. I mean, I, I've, there are a lot of people that think that you are really, really good at what you do, right? I mean, you see that, right? I, I, I hear it. And, you know, but the thing is, is that I look at my work, I'm like, uh, I gotta get really? out of the house. Well, you know, I don't know. It's, is that that classic you, thing? Like everyone's yeah. just so hard on themselves. And yes. Just, that's the way you keep pushing forward yeah. or something. You know, it's like, where, where's the problem in that painting? Oh, here we go. You know? Yeah. Um, And I've done some trades with some artists. um, And from time to time, we'll see our paintings in their house. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you have that painting. And I think I listened to that podcast with um, Julie Speed Speed (laughs) talking exactly about that. And you just want to destroy it. Yeah. And you're like, that's the way I painted that? Oh, my God. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, you know, it's like, I love what I got. Leave it. <laughs> Don't steal it. So, Oh, you wouldn't take like, it and destroy it. <laughs> n- right. No, but I've, you know, I've gotten some paintings from other people and they're like, oh, God, I can't stand looking at it. And I'm like, well, you can't yeah. take it. <laughs> it just seems so harsh to me in a way. I mean, I understand... I'm hard on myself and I feel like I see other people being hard on hard on themselves. But I just wonder, is that really necessary to keep the level of excellence or keep pushing yourself forward? I mean, is it when does it border into like harmful and when is it actually helpful? Well, I'll say this. I mean, I, I feel very confident in what I do. Okay. Okay. So I do feel confidence. But I like to duck under the table if somebody's going to yeah. give me any accolades. I'm like, yeah, oh my yeah. God, not comfortable with that. Yeah. But um, I strive to like, okay, I'm going to take this, what I just did on this last painting, and then I'm going to apply that to the another painting or maybe that theme, maybe that technique I did, I tried out. I'm going to now work on something new using yeah. that idea. But it's always being pushed. You know, you're always pushing yourself. I look forward to it. So it's it's good for me. It's it's uh, like therapy. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm striving. Yeah, you're always striving right. to uh, get better or not get better, but to just to kind of evolve. Yeah. You know? I mean, what do you, how do you see your work evolving potentially? Because I'm not... I don't want to say that, I mean, from a novice's point of view, like mm-hmm. your work, I'm not saying it all looks the same, but mm-hmm. I'd say generally it is very similar. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just wondering what am I missing as far as like, what could your work look like in five years that would be, would it be that visibly different? Or are these mm-hmm. like microscopic things right. that you're... That it, it, well, I do want to explore getting kind of bigger, okay, doing bigger work, which is daunting to me yeah, because... It's like, well, how do I keep the integrity and the mm. consistency in, you know, if you see my two paintings together, will they look like they're from the same artist? And I think at this point, it should read, you yeah. know, pretty similar. Even if I did like a, a still life at home or a figure out in the, you know, outside somewhere, as I think I'm at that place where yeah. it all reads the same. I, I used to paint more loosely back in the day Hmm. and now it's yeah it's it's kind of like it's evolved where i've you know before i was oil painting i was drawing real tight 
you know, and more illustrative type things for jobs and uh, got into oil painting and deconstructed everything to the point that it was like, I was doing really loose paintings. And then I got back into like, oh, well, I want to kind of explore, you know, getting more meat in that color, you know, getting more layers in and, and, you know, I want, you know, even if it's kind of a minimalist approach, but I want the figure or the subject matter to kind of evolve out of the painting. Yeah. So what does loose look like? Like maybe help um, me understand what loose is. A big brushstroke with a big brush. Okay. Okay. And not going in and getting all okay. detailed in everything, you know, so. And how did you... I mean, how did you get to where you are now with the skill that you have? I wonder, you know, like I know you didn't take a con- very conventional route. Ru- no, no. Um, at all. Well, I grew up in Dallas, so I didn't, ha- they didn't have any like classical ateliers, yeah. much less any art classes other than like community colleges or. Um, but you were drawn to yeah. drawing. and Oh, that was, I was doing that in in school, in high school, um, it helped me concentrate that part of your brain that's like going in and doing something. Was it the right brain? Isn't it the creative side? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, probably. Okay, we'll just say that. Um, So I was going, you know, like distracting my right brain so that I could concentrate. There's a whole like school of thought with people that do sketch at the boardrooms. Oh, yeah, like doodling or something. Doodling or drawing, and they're able to focus Hmm. better with the conversation, be more engaged, as long as they're right-brained. Even though it looks like they might as well be on their phone or something. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. But to me, I think that helped me through high school and, and, you know, because I was always drawing and I was doing watercolors and stuff like that. But But just totally on your own, no direction at all. yeah, my dad was a artist. He had skills. He just never really went mm-hmm. anywhere with it. But you but weren't he, trying to emulate his style, no, necessarily. No, I just I just practiced copying and okay. Draw, you know, I loved horses, so I would draw horses and I would try to get it accurate on my own. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to really kind of guide me. I, you know, so yeah. yeah. And then college, I think I'd read that college, you got into college, but it just mm-hmm. wasn't quite right, the no. things that you had chosen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. I mean, they had like a studio painting class, which was, here's an easel, here paints, do something. And oh, I'm wow. like, what What do you mean? You know, I, I'm. Sh- it may have changed now. I don't yeah. know. But back then, it was not encouraged to do realism because it was all like kind of pop art shot. Not that that's a, it, it just there was a lot of modern art influence there, which wasn't my thing. Yeah, right. Which is fine. They just didn't have anything to teach me there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, any kind of curriculum. They didn't do it. It was sort of just self-exploration. I'm like, well, I need I need some foundational skills before yeah. I go you know, so. So that's when you were in Dallas yes. still. Yeah. So then I quit college because I got a job yeah. painting furniture. So, you know, on the weekends and it was like, oh, I could make some money doing this. Why am I spinning my wheels doing something? Yeah. I, I'm confused, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then um, my husband and I moved here. He had gone to college here. So he and I moved here 
around the 90s, in the early 90s. And then I was kind of down. I was like, I couldn't find anything. Hmm. You know, any kind of class. I would try and it was just terrible. But so, you were, you still wanted to oh, yeah, be yeah, an yeah. artist. Yes. I want to draw, I want to paint. Yeah, I was, it didn't, yeah, I did, couldn't figure out how to make that happen. But then I went to the, the Austin um, fine, art, fine classes. art classes yeah. uh, run by Elizabeth Locke. And I did not want to s- commit to it until I saw what it looked like in there. Yeah. And I went, I looked in the window and um, it was behind the Kirby Lane Cafe on um, Lamar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like this little kind of office space or something. And I looked in the window. Nobody was there. And then they had all these benches and paintings on the wall and still life stuff. And I'm like, okay, I am signing up. Yeah. Who do I call? You know, prior to uh, having cell phones and all that, you know, so. And that was the best choice for Mm. me. It really changed everything. How I approach my work, how I see, you know, she, she really was a, she is an amazing painter and teacher. And uh, yeah, it helped me tremendously. And then from there, I would take workshops from nationally known artists, which was great. And that Mm -hmm. just kind of expanded my horizons, you know, creatively. So you kind of found your people, you found your... (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. I had a group that I hung out there uh, but that was back, you know, that was a while back. And then people kind of went their own way. And then I started, uh, I met Jennifer Balkin at a life drawing session here in town. She and I started hanging out. And I think, you know, we're kind of, <laughs> we we kind of help each other out. Because yeah. we've, we've been on this journey sort of together, you know. Oh, and yeah. The, or, you know, sort of this parallel um, kind of trajectory. So that's really how we kind of gelled. And then then we expanded getting to know people and, you know, trying to bring in more like a heavy, like serious art base in Austin. Yeah. Then we met Denise Fulton. That was about three, no, four years ago, I guess. She called me out of the blue. I've heard of her, but she was doing more of landscape stuff, um, which was amazing. Um, and then she had called Jennifer, so we got to hanging out with her, and then she would paint with us. We would go and paint at Jennifer's studio, um, along with some other artists, and we had the great, greatest time. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we'd just sit and, you know, we'd be, we'd have a model, and we'd just paint together and chat, and, you know, it's like, talk about life, and talk about what are we doing? Where's the show? Where are the shows? Where are the, you know? Yeah. And then we started talking about, God, wouldn't it be great if we could like have, you know, if they'd have like a real, a real realism focus here in Austin Mm -hmm. and, you know, where we could get artists to come teach workshops. And Denise was basically taking down notes. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. But she's got the corporate background. Mm. And this was, this has been her dream. And she was like, I want you guys on board. And we're like, definitely. And so here we are. Atelier Dojo. <laughs> yeah, we're actually here right now. Yes. Recording. Yeah. 
Um, so. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into all the details about the school, but I just wanted to back up yeah. a little bit. I don't want to also sure. dig too d- deep into your backstory because I yeah. definitely want to get into your philosophies around being an artist. And, mm-hmm. uh, but how did motherhood change your art? And I know that you had to kind of oh. like take a break too yeah. during that time. But right. I mean, I feel like I'd read somewhere. I feel like you had said in one of the interviews I'd read or articles about you about how that really opened you up or changed mm-hmm. kind of how you approached your painting. I'm just wondering yeah. if you could touch on that a little bit. Well, so, you know, I was painting really loosely back in the day, even though I was still trying to maintain some feeling of realism. I didn't want to be stuck in that idea. I wanted, I wanted flexibility. And, and I think, you know, I've heard from other artists like, oh, you have to stick with this one style. Otherwise, people get concerned. Oh, and, yeah, right. and I'm like, no, no. Why, why do we have to be put in a box? You know, right. um, but when I, I had my two boys, um, they're two and a half years apart. Um, when I had my, so when I had my second one, and he was a newborn, my two and a half year old starting getting getting terrible eczema mm-hmm. to the point that it was debilitating. And so yeah. that right there, I was like, I can't, I can't, I don't have the energy to even think about painting because I got to take care of a newborn and a, a child that yeah. has this. So I backed off for a couple of years and, you know, I was just kind of, you know, put my toe in every now and then see what's going on in the art world. And, you know, and then, I think when I started going back into it, I was really wanting to, it, it made me want to like focus in more on that personal aspect of it. Hmm. You know, I was doing more landscapes, cityscapes kind of thing, you know, beforehand. I had lived in Paris, so I was really, you know, what can yeah. you not paint there, <laughs> right. you know? Um, but, but I wanted to kind of have more of a personal connection and, you know, because we're all kind of trying to engage with people in a place. But but for me, I just, yeah, it, somehow it, it made me want to really concentrate on people and portraits or portraits of people. It's more of, you know, I'm trying to grasp something, you know. I wonder, I, I almost as you're saying that I'm... I'm potentially relating to it in the sense that like, since I've been doing this podcast for the Mm -hmm. last two years, it's like, I really feel like it's made me a better person. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's given me more compassion uh, for other people. Cause it's just like, you know, almost every week for two years, I've been like, I've been focused on another person in a sense. Yeah. And I'm thinking about them. I'm curious about them. I'm Mm -hmm. learning about them. I'm investing all this time into them. And I know I really feel like it's changed me. I just wonder if it's something similar. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like, even with models, um, you you become friends, and then they're part of the family, the art, you know, the art family. Yeah, I, I think it definitely does. I've painted my son, he, you know, he grew out of the eczema, or to a degree, he still has a little bit of it. But, you know, he's, he's an amazing artist himself, mm. you know, and, and, my other son Benjamin also is doing some amazing drawings and, yeah, yeah. you know and and uh that is a very important part of my life and so I really mm. wanted to do some you know I want I want to paint them I want to paint their journey throughout life yeah. and so I started doing this series of little 6 by 6 cradled panels and I would do like every 2 years a painting of them 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have them now kind oh, of wow. on my wall. So they're, it's sort yeah. of, a, you know, and then, then they get to take those because this is for them. They're not oh, for yeah. sale. They're yeah. for, you know, the day comes, they get to keep them. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's very personal. It's very, you know, it's, it, there's this connectivity with yourself, with people, your, your community, your, your friends, family. So, yeah, I definitely think that's, and then, you know, they're also reflecting you in a way. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting, but it keeps, it completely keeps me grounded. Mm. So when I'm painting, I'm, I'm, I'm really in a good mood. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I don't get to paint very much, yeah, yeah. It's a little tougher, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like dopamine. So yeah, it must be, it must be so interesting too, as a part of that to like, I mean, I feel like it's easy, you know, I can take a picture of someone and in that moment I'm studying the light and, and Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the composition, but when you're painting a model live or from a photo or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, you're really having to dissect and look into every aspect of every angle of every shadow of every mm-hmm. pore of a person. I mm-hmm. mean, that just must be, that must create a different relationship with that person yeah. too. I yeah. Mean. Cause you are building them, right. You know, yeah. um, piece by piece. Once you have that foundation, it really allows you to be intuitive with your painting. So it's mm. not, so much like you're talking to yourself the whole time. It's that for me, it's my left brain just goes out yeah. and lets right brain take over. And then, you know, don't get too analytical because, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely involved in every aspect and like making decisions like what, you know, what edge am I going to really make a line with and what edge am I going to leave? You know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to just kind of lose it, lose yeah. the edge hit an edge, lose an edge. Yeah. I mean, I think it's that, I think that's part of it that you become kind of attached and you're seeing them from a different place and yeah, you're with that. Like you're talking about definition. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do you define someone? How do you define how you're feeling and how, what you see Mm -hmm. um, physically? Right. Right. And you know, that's basically you're building a composition. You come up with a plan you hire a model and that plan is there. And then you go into making that, building those shapes up. And that's where the create, you know, that kind of skill really yeah. comes in. And you have to have, you have to have all those elements. And it's like, you're not sitting there going, you know, like looking at a painting and really like starting to cry on it. You know, um, you know, you're, yeah. you're just like, okay, now I've created this idea. I'm going to implement this and here's how I'm going to do it. And then you have to decide how you're going to manipulate things. If you're going to kind of go a little bit more abstract or whatever. So it's a step-by-step process, but, Mm -hmm. um, but it does come from a personal place. You, you just have different elements that go into that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, but um, you don't know exactly. I mean, you you definitely don't know what the final product's going to oh, look like, uh, right? So, I I don't know how other people do it, but for me, I come up with an idea, and I I'm going to paint this painting. I don't know exactly what's going to turn out like. It's all a blur. 
I just have that idea. And that's what is, it's exciting. It's kind of like, okay, so let's see where, where we go on this journey. And can you know? I do this? Can I do this? Am I going to sand it off? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Am I going to start over? And, and I think that's what's intriguing to me. Hmm. It's like, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a blur. Like I have paintings in my mind. But it's kind of a blur, because if it's all like planned out and I know exactly what's going to go down, then it's not as intriguing. And I'm not sure if it's going to measure up to what I thought it would look like, you know? Yeah. So. Are there thoughts behind every brushstroke or is it no, just totally well, automatic? It's automatic. It's, auto- it's um, I yeah, it's intuitive. You know, when I teach, I really have to, right brain, the left brain have to coordinate. Sometimes it can trip me up because, mm. you know, it's like, oh, why did you do that breaststroke? It's like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on this magic carpet ride. Wait, you asked me a question? You know, <laughs> why did you choose that brush? I'm like, oh, well, uh, now I got to rewind and think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just touch on, I mean, this could be a huge subject, but, you know, teaching. Like, yeah. what is teaching done for you personally, for your painting? That's another aspect of how I've evolved in my approach, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was many years ago, and I've been asked to teach. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to teach because I'm always in my... It's a visual language. Yeah. It's not a verbal language, for me at least. And, you know, it's like, how am I going to tell people how I do this, you know, when... <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure how I do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't have that classical background. I didn't have, you know, I know what shading is. I know what all the terms are, but um, you know, sometimes it just it doesn't work out and then it works out, you know. So I had to come up with a formula and I basically had to figure out how to if I were to teach children, how would I do that? How would I teach them to paint a portrait? And how do I simplify that language verbally. And so I really had to kind of dial back into structure to kind of figuring out the best way and also to come from a place of, you know, compassion and understanding. And, you know, I want people to feel confident about what they're doing. I think there's been a history of back in the day where people would go to art school and these teachers were just tearing them up. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. And I don't think it's, I don't think it helps. You want to encourage them because it, it's a struggle. It really is. I, I can't tell you how many bad paintings I've done in my life and yeah. bad drawings, but it's always in the, oh, I'm going to do a better one next time. I'm going to do it, you know, I'm going to evolve, I, you know, because I can't stop thinking about it. So you're not wallowing in, oh, geez, that one, that one's that one's, horrible. <laughs> no, I just think, oh, you know, I mean, that's part of the building blocks too, right? You can't have masterpiece paintings from start to finish. Yeah, right. It's like, what, what am I learning? Why do I care? You know, it's like, that's part of the struggle and it's part of how you grow, it's like, uh, you got to be patient. You got to be, but you got to be in, you know, you can't come to art class and then not think about painting till the next art class. Hmm. You know, you have to be wanting it all the time. You know, it's like, it's something that you have to think about and practice. What are some of the other things that you find yourself or advice that you find yourself giving to 
people that you're teaching or Mm -hmm. things that you see them struggling with that other people could relate to, you know? Um, Well, you know, I mean, as far as just basics, you know, it's like, I see that, you know, like they're afraid to go darker in the shadows or they're, you know, wanting to make the eyes, the white of the eyes like white, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, it's, it's in the shadow. And and I tell them to squint when they start out, just to build the structure of, of the form. You know, I think it, it it's when I teach, I I do demos, and then I will let the students start painting. But then I'll go around and help them individually, and just continue to go around because I think it's easier. You know, it's easy to watch someone paint a demo and go like, yeah, I understand that. I get it. I get it. And then you go to your own blank canvas. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what, what were they doing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't remember. Can you rewind? So then I kind of help them kind of lift them Mm -hmm. into it. And then, um, you know, they might have some struggles here and there and, you know, just say, okay, let's get you back on the road. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. I think there are those struggles, but that's why I'm like, you've got to feel for them and and just be there for them. And then, you know, make it a fun time. Um, We had an artist do a demo here, or a workshop. His name is David Shivlino. And he said, we're not dismantling a bomb. So don't get worried. (laughs) Yeah. You know, don't don't start sweating, you know. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of, I think... I mean, I have it myself. There's a lot of fear. And it's like, what's oh. the worst that could happen, really? Right. Too? It's like, it's I, so irrational. I know. <laughs> I know. It's this pressure we put on ourselves. And I, I get it. But, you know, just stay, stay with it. And don't, yeah, don't sweat it. You'll get it. You'll get it. You can't, you know, like I, I think sometimes, like when I teach workshops, I'll do a de- three-hour demo. And I just wonder if people think that they're going to paint like me at the end of the three days. Right. And it's like, that's not the goal. You know, what the goal is, you're going to get something from me, whether it's how to fix that one edge in your own work. You know, it's like we take little pieces from everybody we learn from. They might get a few things that they learn from me that take them to the next level. You know, I, I want to teach them how to see, you know, it's a visual language. And it's not easy. Yeah. But once you get to that point where you kind of have mastered it, you can then deconstruct it if you want it, you know? Mm -hmm. But before then, you're just kind of piecing together little techniques, little skills, little insights. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's like they can always refer to like if they're in their own studio and working on a, you know, painting and then they think, well, what would Karen do on this situation? Oh, yeah, she would flatten that edge or flatten that shape, whatever, you know. So you take pieces from me and then you'll take pieces from someone else and then it keeps going and then you kind of have your own little tool belt of things you can pull out when you need to and to construct your own work so there's a quote that i saw of yours and one of the things i was reading you said art connects us to now Mm -hmm. could you elaborate on that did i say that yeah you did (laughs) well apparently yes (laughs) So, you know, there are different types of art. There's, you know, a lot of, I think, realism back in the day was kind of what 
everybody considered art and then modern art came and squashed it and pushed it aside. I do want to talk about that too because yeah. I didn't even know that was like a thing until well, this, until yeah. Dojo opened and I was talking to Justin and yeah. I didn't realize that was such a... Well, there was this school of thought like, you know, it's both sides. Like you have the realists, you know, back in the day that said this is art and then the modernists came in and tried something different and then there was a squabble and... I, I don't know the details of it, but I just yeah. remember over the years, like, that's just been a thing, you know? Mm. And so it, it's carried over. Like, when I was in, like, in college, you know, people are just like, why are you painting that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, because I don't want to put a, you know, some random object on the floor. Yeah. That's not my thing. Yeah. You know? So when I, when I go to a museum and you see, like, the... 16th century beautiful art that's just really so beautiful and well done but i don't connect to now this is contemporary life you know and so now what we have this opportunity i think realism is coming back Mm -hmm. but in a contemporary way which is really refreshing so you can have like amazing skill but it it's pertinent to now and it reflects who we are now and what we're going through personally or, uh, you know, globally. So it is an opportunity. And it's so funny because like a lot of people just don't know that this kind of art's out there, Hmm. this kind of realism until they see it. They don't see it unless they go to the gallery, unless they look these people up and let, unless they go to shows or whatever. And, but I think we have some really compelling voices now in our world and i think you know having the right amount of skill can really take you into a whole new realm because i think if you can bring modernism and and abstract art and kind of the old you know the realism the classical realism you know bridge that gap because we have some amazing like art that's beautifully done and they can take it and go deconstruct it and you know yeah. Just kind of create their own vision, their own voice. So there's a quote that I don't know if I had talked about this. Um, I heard it from an interview, I think, with uh, Vincent Desiderio. He said, the best technique is often at the cusp of collapse under the weight of its own ambition. Mm. Take that in. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. To me, it's like you can have a vision, you can have a narrative, you can have the thing you want to paint or create, but you have to have the technique, the skill to make it read. Otherwise, it can collapse. Mm. So, like, you can have all the narrative and everything you want, but if you don't have that skill, it's not going to read as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes me think of other forms of art, like movie making or a play, theater. Mm-hmm. It's like you can have the narrative, you can have the story, but if you don't produce it, Mm-hmm. Choose the right actors, the music, mm-hmm. the setting, the props, yeah. and everything. It's not going to land. Yeah. It just yeah. won't. Yeah. So I think all those things have to be there at the table to do to make something compelling. Well, that's exciting yeah. that realism is on the upswing because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, for me, it's always been my favorite, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that it had fallen out of favor. You know, that's so interesting. Well, it's, you know, I like modern art too you know but sometimes i think that you know on both camps it's like okay what are you doing (laughs) you know i see the attempt let's let's take it farther sometimes i'm like the worst 
oh, okay. person to ask <laughs> about, especially more of the modern art part. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I don't know that world. It almost seems to me like the potential to connect with an artwork is greater when it represents another person or a human being in some way. You know uh-huh. what I mean? I feel like you could connect with an abstract painting in a certain way or mm-hmm. some kind of a sculpture or glasswork or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like on a deeper level, if you're looking at a portrait of another human being or a mm-hmm. painting of another human being in a situation and an emotion, I feel like that has the greatest potential to be moving. Right. I don't well, know. I think, I think it's the thing that we look for as humans. You know, that's the first thing we look for is recognition of someone, something, an animal, a tree, a human, but we're always looking for recognition. So, I think you can blend the two. That's why I'm saying, you know, paintings now. You can blend those two ideas and do something really interesting and compelling. And it doesn't fight with anything else. It's just kind of now. What's what's going on now? And we have so many artists that are amazing. And they're all different. And they all have their different techniques and different approaches, different narratives, and I think it's fun. I mean, I'm constantly like, where do, you know, when I go to a city, it's like, oh, I need to go art hopping. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes me wonder, like, what are your, what are the hardest things for you about being an artist? And what are your favorite things? Maybe on both well, sides. Favorite things is painting. Yeah. Just getting to do it. Making connections through painting, you know, with other people. It's, it's funny. You get a bunch of artists in the room. We're all in the same boat. We have the same thoughts. Even if we do different stuff, we're all like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I would say making money is hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you have to hustle. You, The art world nowadays is different than 15 years ago where you, re- mm. you, you, know, you relied on galleries. Some of them work great and, and you have really good experiences and then some of them it's just harder to sell and you know so they're you know you're trying to sell your work to a market you know you're trying to make a market for yourself and so now with the internet with everybody building their own websites social media you can also sell yourself and that's great but it's a lot of work so I would say yeah I mean I think it's just trying to make money was is really the hard part yeah and how do you think about the business side of being an artist? Mm. Is that annoying to you? Do you no. have you embraced it? I mean, do you feel oh, yeah. like you're good at it? Well, uh, I don't even <laughs> know what I don't know yet. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Um, there is a business side that's well. I mean, working with galleries since 2002. Mm. So, um, and that's always changing and evolving, and you know, different aspects of the their business is also now online social media so we're all kind of like in the same pool and it's totally changed but yeah i mean the business side is just the necessary evil you Mm got to do it you got to hustle you got to push your work you got to keep working and then something will happen and be great so for you painting is something you have to do to just stay sane but yes. then secondarily <laughs> if you happen to sell that painting that would be awesome too. Hey, I'm all in. <laughs> I mean, I sold that so that I had a painting of my son yeah. at East last year with the with a trapper hat and the orchids. Yeah. A woman bought it. Her name is Cynthia Hennebury and she is a photographer in Virginia. And so she really connected to it and f- I saw her f- photographs and I see 
if you look at her work, I mean, it's like, oh my God, yeah, she's meant to have this piece Um, because she does a lot of uh, photography of children and they're just so compelling Mm. and, you know, really thoughtful and deep and, you know, it's not your average kind of like, yeah. Oh, child's portrait, you know. I mean, these kids are in the back of the car with these really, you know, these eyes are amazing. And yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, speaking of businesses. Yeah. Um, so you and... Jennifer Balkin and Denise Fulton. Started the Atelier the Dojo. Atelier Dojo. And, and yeah. Yeah, that fills a really important space in Austin. I mean, they're... Yeah. Wasn't really anything like that other than yeah. the school that you went to. Is that still around too? Or? That school, I'm not sure because I I just heard that um, the owner of that school is moving okay. away. So I think, I'm not sure what's going on with that. But I think she's still teaching like one or two classes a week. Yeah, I need to catch up with her. But, but yeah, I mean, we don't have anything so, you know like this to this scale. And we could use it. I mean, Austin is a destination. Yeah. Lots of people want to learn realism, you know, in the, in the form of drawing and painting. And, and we actually do have a lot of great artists in this town. So yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really cool and we're bringing people in and it's, it's a good environment and, uh, you know, we're teaching classes. We have open studios, uh, three, two or three times a week, open sessions where people can come and pay money and they can paint from a model. And we also host workshops where we have people coming in from all over the country, all over the world to teach workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so exciting. It really is. And they want to come because we're here and it's Austin. You know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to come to Austin. Be great. You know? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, but we, yeah, there's really nothing quite like this here. And there, you know, there may be in the future, I don't know, but I just love it. It's finally, we got a place to kind of commune and, and yeah. create. Yeah. So it's all been positive for you. Oh, I mean, gosh, yeah. 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 It's cool because I looked up uh, the word dojo just to see what it meant. I mean, I had mm-hmm. a sense of what it meant, but I liked, it said a space for immersive learning or meditation. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you want to create here. Well, yeah, it's sort of the idea and like just talking about, you know, teaching foundational skills. And that's part of the martial arts version yeah. of the dojo where you, you it's a place of practice. You learn techniques to a certain point and then you kind of take it onto your own practice and your own voice and, and you have those skills. So then you can put your own voice onto canvas. Yeah, it's not about making clones who all exactly. do the same work like you do right. or something. Right, exactly. So, yeah, you have the open studios, uh-huh. you have classes, mm-hmm. you have workshops, yeah. and then you have something that you're starting, this academy. Yeah, yeah. And that's something we had talked about a long time ago. Well, you know, when we were first thinking about this, um, like to create a step-by-step program for people to learn, even if it, you know, they've never painted before never drawn before or wherever you are you have this program set up so that you learn the fundamentals you learn that foundation of just drawing a cast you know cast drawing over there and then we have a figure drawing 
they'll they'll actually work on this for quite a while like one drawing Mm-hmm. which is kind of that idea of the classical realism um, approach. And we have Justin Baeza, Danny Grant, who are teaching this. Um, and so we started the pilot program. It's the Dojo Academy, and it's five days a week. This pilot program right now that we're doing is only half days. But in January, we're going to start with a full-day program. You have options. You can have a full-day program or a half-day program. And it's uh, three 12-week sessions. And it's very intensive. And I think it's so essential. Like I said, you Mm. can't just take a class one week and then go on with your life and come and take another class when you're learning, when you're just starting out of the gate. You have to like go in and be there. And so, yeah, it started and it's doing really well. And, you know, we really want to build on that and and expand on that too. Um, That's cool. But, you know... As an example, you know, I mean, I teach, you know, like a figure painting or portrait painting class, depending on the session. For me to teach someone who's never drawn before is a challenge because I'm teaching more in an advanced level. Yeah, yeah. So we do need to give those people some fundamental courses so that they understand what it means, all these terms, what it what's light and shadow, what's an edge, perspective, how do you build these objects on, you know, try to make a three-dimensional thing on a two, two-dimensional canvas or paper. Mm-hmm. There is like a classic structure to this mm-hmm. kind of training, yes. this atelier training. Yeah. Like, I think on your website, the academy is split up into three years. Uh-huh. I mean, it's intense. Like the, yeah. the first entire year, you're just yeah. drawing. Yes. And the second year, you're painting yes. in black and white. Yes. And then the third year you're painting in yeah. color with oil. Yeah. So that's that's no, that's a huge investment of it study. Is, it is. But that is <laughs> wow. so essential. Yeah, it no is, no uh, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Cuz I mean they have these programs in the big cities they have these kind of, you know, like Grand Central at Yay, um ARA Boston and but I mean they offer these uh curriculums, which is really important. I mean, I wish I had had that when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, no doubt. I would have been full in because that is what I want to achieve. And so, you know, now we're able to do that. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can expand this, mm-hmm. you know, more you know, space, yeah, more classes, more teachers. I mean, we're just starting out of the gate. So, and and it's really getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, so, it all seems super positive to me and i feel yeah. like everyone i've ever met over here or had interactions with anyone mm-hmm. it's just like they're just they're passionate about it it's fun they're it's fulfilling yeah you know yeah where how do you get started right or like what what's where to well, start i mean you know contact us yeah and tell us your story and and you know you can be at different levels to start with this program you know yeah. it's an individual decision but um, we highly encourage that for people that are kind of starting out and you just contact us and, and we can start a dialogue and kind of go from there. Now, I've got a lot of students that have taken my class. Jennifer's had a lot of students that take her class and sometimes they intermix and, you know, take both of our classes, but their skill levels at a higher place. Yeah. So, um, but we also have people that are just needing kind of a rigorous um, training and I think it's imperative mm-hmm. to really get that foundation 
and it's fun. And you have the open sessions. Anybody can come to that. You can take a workshop. Anybody can come to that. So we, you know, we really encourage people to just be focused and motivated. What has this whole experience done for you personally, like with your artwork or your life, you know? Well, it's a lot more to do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And it, it, I just never imagined something like this would happen here. You know, I think it helps us broaden our community here, the art community, the realism community. There's opportunities to hopefully expand this or, you know, take it on the road. That exchange program idea with the Barcelona Academy of Art, yeah. you know, if we can kind of get that gelled. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's been amazing. It really has. It's a whole new world that I mm. never imagined, mm. you know. Because I started teaching, and then this idea came along down the road, and I was like, "Really? We? You think we can do this?" And Denise was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, no, it's it's it. It feels like we're more connected with the art world. I think that's the main thing here in Austin. Yeah, and you know, I want to see more realism here in Austin. You know, and so it would be great if we had like more galleries or even you know a museum with some more. Yeah. Contemporary realism, you know, a little bit of that, you know, and bridge that gap because there's some amazing, amazing art out there and here. And just personally for your work, do you feel like it's affected your work? I mean, it just given you different opportunities or yes. yeah. relationships. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So it it can't help but expand your world. Yeah. I mean, just having that constant interaction with people. You know, because when you're in, when you're an artist, you're in your cave. You don't come out. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and then you don't know the world out there. And now it's like, oh my gosh, it's really amazing. And we're we're connecting with other people, and you know, it's it's put us on the map. So it's yeah. great. Um, we've got East coming up, and we're having um, some of us oh, instructors yeah. are going to be doing live demos here. I'll be doing a demo, a three-hour demo, so, you know, people can come and watch and hang out and talk and, you know, get to know us and see our school and see our work. We're going to have our work up, too. So, yeah, it's an opportunity. Yeah, East is uh, November Uh, November 16th and 17th and the next weekend following that, too. Right, right. And this is at Canopy, which is Mm -hmm. 916 Springdale Road. Yeah, Building 2... Uh, and our room is 106B. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time, Karen. Sure. Did you have Thank any you. final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Just come on out and see us. Yeah. Get, you know, um, also uh, one of the co-founders, uh, Jennifer Balkan, is going to be uh, showing in her studio during East. So oh, go okay. out and see her too. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you want people to connect with you or check out your work? Just go to your website. So I have a website at uh, karenoffit.com. Um, I'm on social media, Karen Offit. So yeah, connect with me. Mm-hmm. I teach, I paint, I do commissions, I sell my art. Yeah. All that. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, Karen, for yes, your time. Yes, thank you so much. All right. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks for listening. One more thing before you go. 
If this episode or any other I've produced have helped you or added value to your life, please support the podcast so it can continue and grow. Just go to austinarttalk.com forward slash support. There you can find a link to my Patreon page, and there is also a PayPal option and an Amazon affiliate link. I couldn't keep doing this without your help. All the best to you and take care.